Everybody, this is the Travel Tales podcast. I'm with uh, Tyler Smith from Battleship Pretension, the podcast, and your other uh, podcast is called. It's called More Than One Lesson. More Than One Lesson. Yes. Um, we were just joking about the fact that last time I did your Battleship Pretension show, we must have done three takes. We did three. Yes. Three takes. Okay. What yeah. was? Did we ever find out what the problem was? Some computer issue. Uh, my computer, little did I know, was about to completely not completely explode, but. Uh, we ran uh, like later on in the day. We recorded an episode with Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini. That episode's lost. Uh, I <laughs> that's lost, for the best. I lost. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Don't tell uh, me. I just said kidding. That. But yeah, and so I I wound up losing like some some writing I was doing, and oh. it was very frustrating. But uh, but yeah, I, I do consider when I th- when I think about uh, past guests of Battleship Pretension, I think well, and people say like, who's the nicest guest you've had, and. <laughs> I can usually come up with about five, but near the top of the list is a Mike Siegel. Oh, well, thanks. Because... Because I didn't not, flip out? Exactly. The first time you were on, we kept you waiting for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Second time, the, the computer kept dying. And then when we had you on the live show, I insisted on telling a story you'd heard like eight times before. <laughs> so it's just like, man, that's awesome. This is, uh, this is very exciting. Tyler, man, if I'm I had like... anywhere else to go, I would have been <laughs> much more of an asshole, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, Tyler, you... Uh, You've got the film website. You've had that for a while. Battleship Pretension's been mm-hmm. going on for a while. Yeah. And your other website is uh, Christian-based. It is, yes. I'm, uh, I'm a Christian, and um, a few years ago, uh, about two and a half years ago now, I, I sort of felt the, uh, oh, the siren call of film criticism, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But, um, but I, uh, I, one thing that has always bothered me about the Christian community is their general attitude towards... Art in general and film specifically. Um, and so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make – I'm going to put out a film podcast that will hopefully make Christians more comfortable with the idea of film. And so I talk about a new movie and then I compare it with an older film. A new movie, of course, can mean anything in the last five years or so. Uh, and then I compare it to an older film that is thematically similar. And uh, the idea being that I bring up themes that – most Christians and honestly most everybody can agree with and then say yes you would you wouldn't have expected that from this film and yet here we are and that sort of thing so but you're coming into it as a as you know and when we think of a Christian mm-hmm. movie website we're gonna think you know it's all gonna be you know movies of the week uh, on you know uh, those kind of thing or but you're you're pretty open-minded to R-rated movies and things like that oh, and language and stuff like that but I'm sure you probably get lumped in with the 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 Bible, the preachers and the Bible thumpers or the- it does happen from time to time yes. right um, there uh, so there's the podcast awards you'll find out I'm sure you'll be nominated at some point <laughs> yeah. uh, spoilers they don't mean anything okay. they l- are literally useless <laughs> but uh, put it right up there with my cable ace <laughs> award uh, but uh, in the religion category uh, more than one lesson has been nominated two years in a row and I always lose t- I always lose to an atheist podcast right. which is interesting to me. But uh, there was one show that the first year they decided to review all their competition. And as you will sometimes find, I won't say always, but as you will sometimes find from an atheist enterprise, uh, their attitude is a bit smug. Really? And of course, I don't, I don't mean to say that's how it is with everybody. I, I know, you know, I know plenty of uh, nice and friendly atheists. Uh, but uh, these people, man, they really did not like my show. <laughs> and of course, and I, one of the movies that I have talked about is Religious, which I think is a bad documentary. Of course, there's a lot of things in there I don't agree right. with, exactly. but I also think it's a bad film. Uh, and so they, of course, latched onto that. They didn't latch on to the week when I talked about Fireproof, the Kirk Cameron film, and ripped into that as well. <laughs> because the vast, I've never, I've never seen a good Christian film. Oh, this one of the uh, left behind kind of things. And- oh man, uh, I wish it was that. No, you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> uh, I I actually am somewhat on board with the fireproof 
intention, I won't even say concept, the intention, <laughs> which is it, addre- it addresses a very adult problem, which is like, hey, how do you deal with like a marriage that's not going well? And I feel like that's a step forward because before that they would always do the left behind things, which is sort of yeah. the Christian version of like Independence Day, but they don't have the budget. <laughs> right. And so, and of course they have bad actors saying bad dialogue in, with special effects that are terrible. And so with Fireproof, at the very least they said, we're going to try and go for a slightly more adult audience. They still treat that audience as if they were children, but right. it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> and terrible execution. So it's interesting that you're here. It's also a follow-up because a couple episodes ago, uh, I talked to uh, Stevie Ray Fromstein, mm-hmm. who I don't know if you know, he's got uh, his uh, website and his uh, podcast is theholyatheist.com. Hmm, okay. And he had uh, traveled to India a lot. He does a lot of meditation and mm-hmm. things like that, but he, he is an atheist. So mm-hmm. it's... it's you know, I'm getting both sides of the of the coin you here. You got your Avi Lieberman. You got uh, Tyler. It's got everywhere. It's everything you want. I, I cover, I'm covering all bases. Well, it's worldwide. This is you get everything. Watch out. So, as a Christian, you were raised out here. I was. Uh, I was. I lived. Uh, several places. I was born in Taft, California, which is in the Bakersfield area. Oh, but, uh, lovely. Not in Bakersfield. Oh, we're in the Bakersfield area. Bakersfield adjacent. <laughs> there is a uh, there is a movie with Robin Williams and Kurt Russell called uh, the I believe the Best of Times. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which takes place in Taft, and as far as I can tell, the movie's all about one of the big themes of the film is all about how terrible it is to live in Taft, California. <laughs> uh, you would think that the city would be like would look at the script and say like, "Hey, this just makes fun of our town." <laughs> But I think like, ultimately, no, like, you're going to put us on the map. I, yeah, I, I think ultimately, like, well, the oil's drying up. We need money somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I lived in uh, Taft, California, and then and my dad worked for the oil industry, so they moved him around a lot. So we, we lived in Taft. I lived in Ventura. I moved to Denver, Colorado, and then I moved down to Nixon, Missouri, home of Jason Bourne, oh. uh, a fictional character. That's our claim to fame. <laughs> uh, and then I'm and then I moved to Chicago to go to school. And then I, my wife and I moved out here. Chicago, so. my hometown. That's where did, right. Where did you go to Northwestern? I went to uh, Columbia College. Columbia College. I took so. a summer class there. All right. Which class? School of Broadcast. It was an um, intro to TV or something. I did it the summer before my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up getting like two credits for, you know, two college level credits to do it or something. It was just learning, from, you know, just being in a studio. And this is called a boom mic. Oh, okay, you know, and yes. that kind of stuff. And well, hey, it paid off. It was Obviously, great. You hosted I got, all I kinds of shows. Got a degree. <laughs> um, but, you know, so did you live right in the city in Chicago? Uh, I lived sort of on the north side. Uh, I lived in Wrigleyville first, right. um, which was nice, but expensive. And there and certain times of the year filled with drunks, mm-hmm. um, drunken, angry sports people. Uh, not that I'm opposed. I, I and the most sports. gay area of the city. So uh, uh, as a Christian, picking that place. <laughs> well, it was interesting, interesting neighborhood. That was a call. But, uh, my, uh, my co-host and I would have, uh, my, uh, David Bax, we were uh, roommates together. And so we would walk across Halstead to get to our grocery store. And as we did, we got like a couple of things like shouted at us. Oh, sure. And I'll be honest with you. I never thought of myself as an attractive person. <laughs> I was just like. All right, I'll take it. Keeping it together. I would say when the gay guys stop looking at you, you let yourself go. It's like, man, I got to get back to the gym. This is, this is bad. So you went from there. So as a kid moving around a lot, you probably the thought of travel probably didn't scare you as much as people who never leave their town. I would uh, think it doesn't. It doesn't scare me, and that's true uh, because when I lived in specifically Nixon, Missouri, which is a it's a beautiful place, and and a lot of great things happened for me there. So I don't want to. I, I don't want to like downplay it too much but it was really interesting when i lived in southern missouri i met a surprising number of people who had never been on an airplane had never been out of the state and here's the other thing had no real desire to yeah and that fascinates me and i guess i mean i guess you could call that small-minded um or narrow-minded or something like that i'm not i don't like to necessarily throw that out there because i do feel like well if i were in that position i might not want to either it's just this i this is what i know and so why would i want to go anywhere else where i'd be completely out of my element which is and that's that to me is the scary part of travel uh and i haven't really traveled anywhere 
exotically foreign. I went to uh, Bogota, Colombia, and that's basically as far as I've gone. Well, this is going to be a short interview then. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, I'm oh, I've got all kinds of notes. No, I'm that saying are... that there's um there's a fear. I mean, mm. it's all fear based, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would think the nature of being conservative is, is that you do tend to stick with what you know, mm-hmm. and you you know anything outside different. No. But you know, I I grew up with people that had never. You know, outside of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, my parents were from the East Coast, and I had family along the East Coast, and we used to go to the mm-hmm. the Atlantic and, and Florida and stuff like that and driving. Mm-hmm. But uh, I grew up with a lot of people who had never seen the ocean, <laughs> never been in it. I, I remember taking a bus to spring break to Daytona Beach okay. from Northern Illinois University <laughs> in beautiful DeKalb, Illinois. <laughs> and uh, since I had made this trip to Florida as a kid a million times, I knew mm. the road. But I had been with people, you know, my classmates who had never really left Illinois. And it was, it was fascinating to me. And I wonder if it's just a specifically Midwestern mentality. Maybe not Southern Missouri. Maybe it's... Uh, it's far. Yeah. I mean, it, for, you think about it, it's far and it's a money issue. That's yeah, a lot of it. that's true. But I also, you know, there's, there's a bit of traveling that people, they don't want to do it, I think, because I, they're afraid they might like it. You know, I'm... If they see something that they like better, then wow, everything that I was kind of told, you know, is is wrong. Well, I think <laughs> you know everything I knew up to that point seems, you know, maybe they're afraid to like it. It could, I mean, it could be that. I, I'm not, I'm not even sure if it would be that conscious, but it might be something to the effect of just like, well, great, now I gotta, now I gotta find out about this. Right. One more thing to really, one more thing to do. Also, it's. Travel, it can be inexpensive, but of course, international travel is, is yeah. pretty pricey. And so, if you develop it, it's like when I started eating uh, nice steaks. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, shoot. Well, now suddenly these little uh, $2 steaks at Ralph's just uh, uh, somehow aren't cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't buy filet mignon at Ralph's. What is this choice, out. they say? <laughs> USDA, what? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a lot of that. So, your family didn't really do foreign travel not really uh we mine didn't mine we never went out of the country we traveled a fair amount within the u.s and then we we went to you know hawaii and uh and then when we lived in california we would sometimes go down to mexico you know the more touristy uh uh, version yeah touristy even that i mean still leaving the country and it's a lot more exotic than than we got in illinois i mean i suppose yeah we're gonna go to indiana today wow and so we the border we didn't fly a lot of places. We we would take like road trips. We went to uh, like Lake Powell and like got okay. a houseboat and stuff like that. So, um, and then I would occasionally go to like Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there once with uh, my mom in eighth grade, and <laughs> so uh, so yeah, like foreign travel was not really on our radar. But we also we enjoyed traveling, but within reason. Right, right. So was this a church that you grew up in? That was involved in uh, like missions, and did they do that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, my my dad when uh, when we lived in California, he went on uh, what are called work and witness trips, which of course could also be called mission trips. But there's a certain, I think there's a certain stigma with the word mission, which of course is missionary, um, which is you go there and you tell the heathens what they're doing wrong, right? And, Break them down. Yeah, and the idea with a like a work and witness trip is basically go and make their lives practically better mm-hmm. and yes by all and they people will know that you're doing it as a function of the church and of course you'll talk you know you'll talk to them if they want to be talked to but more specifically it's just like let's just make their lives better in some way like build a, a house or something like okay. that so so my dad went to like peru and guatemala uh with these trips uh i went several years in a row as a function of my church in denver uh, to Juarez, Mexico. And, uh, yeah, th- I believe that was three years in a row. We would drive down. There'd probably be about 50 or 60, uh, kids. We would drive down to El Paso, stay there. And then every day we would cross the border into Mexico and we would, uh, build things, usually houses. Okay. Um, there was, uh, one little community where the church was sort of the focal point of that community and it was falling apart. It was, but, well, the a church lot of, down there, the, um, the church is usually always the focal yeah. point. It's always in the center of town and the biggest building. And all the all the buildings were basically made of cardboard and wood that was not totally reliable. Mm-hmm. And so there was a church that was in danger of basically falling down. So we tore it down and then built up one of, like, 
cinder block and plaster and and it was larger with more rooms and so that if the if the community was going to be be hanging out here anyway probably best that the roof doesn't fall on them <laughs> and that sort of thing uh but it was an interesting experience for me all three years but that first year especially i believe i, I was in seventh grade uh because uh, you've you've had uh, other people on the show who talk about there's the vacation destination in almost any country, and then there's the place that isn't maybe so desirable. And Juarez was definitely that. Uh, yeah, but not, I got I, not a lot of vacationers in Juarez. Not really, oddly. Although <laughs> yeah. still plenty of bright colors, so it must be cheery, right? <laughs> right. Um, but it, it was an interesting experience for me because we did various things there. There were, I think, like four projects going on, and a group of kids would go to this project and then this project, so everything would be sort of divided up. And one of the projects that would be going on is uh, something called VBS, uh, Vacation Bible School, the idea being like you would work with the local kids and basically do crafts and all that. Um, and that was, that was when you really got most in touch with that community, and that's when you realized, of course, me at seventh grade – and my dad working for the oil industry, I was not lacking for a lot of things. Right. Um, when it came to, like, toys and video games and such. Uh, meanwhile, of course, we're making just these little, like, wire, you know, uh, like a pipe cleaner. Yeah. Right, like, popsicle stick kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like action figure things. And, uh, and you realize, like, and these kids, like, tr- really treasure it. And you know that... It's like, well, if I was at home and I did like an arts and crafts thing, like with my church, I would I would hold on to this for a while, maybe throw it in a shoebox and look at it <laughs> ten to right. fifteen years later and be like, oh, that was nice, and then that's the end of it. But they, it really was like a new action figure, a new toy, and uh, and that was astounding. And they were so grateful to have it, and they were so grateful for us to be there because there was this other thing, which was in that community there was a, I don't know if I'd go so far as say it was a gang, but it was a group of. Uh, like teen, like uh, nineteen, twenty-year-olds who kind of, kind of bullied the the whole neighborhood, like all the neighborhood kids. And as long as the kids were with us, the the that group of kids like left them alone. Right. And there so were gang. Part, there were gang. You, I guess you could say yeah. that. Yes. But I, there were no like guns or anything. Yeah. It was just a group of toughs. toughs I would say young toughs. And now uh, were they the sharks or the jets? I'm gonna. I'm <laughs> probably the sharks. When you heard the snapping come on, coming up the road, you're like, oh, it's time for a rumble. But uh, – and so as, as strange as it is to, to say, like, I took a certain degree of, of pride in knowing, like, well, at least we gave these kids, like, a week of relief mm-hmm. from that. And we were able to give them, you know, these little crafts and give them something to do. And I don't know. I was, I was, very, I was very excited about, about that trip, and it really – it really sort of broadened my horizons uh, yeah. as far as what other people in the world and in, in some cases what other people in the country are going through. Because I was always, you know, upper middle class. Right. And, uh, and suddenly – and we built a house with an organization called Casas Por Cristo. That's Houses for Christ. Houses for Christ. There you go. Uh, my Spanish is good <laughs> enough to know that one. By the way, how was yours? I mean, did you have a language I, uh, skills? I had taken – I took Spanish 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, and then <sighs> – I'm not proud of this. Uh, and then I discovered, oh, I don't need it to graduate? Uh, Done. Uh, if we only knew. <laughs> exactly. And then I moved back to – and that was in Colorado. Then I moved back to California. Now like, you're in Los Angeles. Boy, I yeah. really could use that Spanish right about now. Uh, for Christmas, I am planning on get, asking for like the Rosetta Stone oh, yeah, thing for yeah, Spanish because yeah. I really – I want to pick that up again. Um, my first co-host uh, is the uh, person on the Rosetta Stone commercial. Really, Leslie Ann Machado. Yeah, she said more people seen her on that damn infomercial <laughs> than anything. You know, three years of doing the show or whatever. Uh, yeah, she's great. But my my Spanish, of course, at the time because I was just learning. But I was able to pick up a little bit of stuff here and there. Uh, I kind of bonded with some of the kids. A kid named Carlos, who was just really uh, adorable and friendly, and and all that. But uh, but there was a. Um, we built a house for this woman who had five children. I think her husband had died like within a year mm. and, uh, and her house was very structurally unsound. So she either was going to have to move or fix the house, neither of which she was in a position to do. And so we wound up tearing it down and building up. It was only, it was basically one, a one room shack. So we turned it into, well, two rooms, right? <laughs> and and it was bigger, and it was, of course, like a, much with the church, like it was, 
you know, cinder block and and uh, plaster and that sort of thing. And so, and we actually gave her like uh, indoor plumbing and such. Wow. And so. It was stuff like that, and I do try to focus on that whenever I tell someone. I've, I, I went on several mission trips, the f- especially out here. The first thing they jumped to is like, oh, I see. Were you uh, you know, talking to people telling them how God hates th- their ways right. and stuff? It's like, uh, not really. I don't have the energy for that. <laughs> so, um, well, you, By the way, if you're, mm-hmm. uh, you seem very handy. I have some work that could be uh, – I have some little things around here that need some fixing. If you know, you, here's what's fascinating. I'm handy Charity someone- begins at home, Tyler, is what I'm saying. <laughs> If someone tells me what to do, like there was one day, in retrospect, when I think back, I was like, how was I able to do that? I was standing on a, on the roof, uh, putting tar on the roof in Mexico in late June. Yeah. It was, bla- it was blazing hot and pretty humid. And I was just like, and I was just happy to do it. And I think back, I'm like, I don't think I could do that now. That is the ignorance of youth. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't want to do it. I, could I physically do it anymore? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt I could. But uh, so it wasn't like when people say about missions, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, that image comes up of like going to the jungle and saving the, the savages. But, I mean, you were going to Mexico, which is 99% Catholic. Right. Already, once you get there. Yeah. But you are not Catholic. Right. Was there any kind of a uh, crossover of like... Uh, I don't think so. You have so. to work with a local priest and... Uh, like that. We did work with local church leaders, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know what specific. Uh, I don't know what kind of rips you have, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, those Catholics are crazy. Uh, not really. I don't. Was you more so. of like a Protestant? Not, okay. Yeah. So the, it's a lesser known denomination called uh, Nazarene. Okay. So that I was raised in. Now I go to a non denominational, but uh, uh, but yeah. So it was it was a very it was a wonderful experience, and it's one that. I have a friend who uh, has gone to Haiti a couple of times in the last couple of years uh, with his church. And it's interesting because this friend of mine is usually a pretty passive guy. And you talk to him about the church's involvement in other countries, specifically like with uh, disaster relief and such. And he's quick to talk about – he gets really angry really fast. And it's really interesting because he is such a go-with-the-flow type of guy. And he says, like, you know, they show up. So, so many churches like will show up and they'll talk about and they'll just basically like hand out, you know, tracks to people and say like, oh, that's unfortunate what happened to you. Here's a here's a pamphlet. Yeah. And he said, like, not only will it's like people won't listen to you and I, I don't blame them. And it's a completely yeah. I don't mean to turn this into a purely uh, well, they want Christian food. thing. They want exactly. Food. <laughs> they, don't, they don't need a pamphlet. They need uh, shelter and water yeah. and those kind of things. And it's in what's more, it's a decidedly unbiblical attitude. Yeah, because like in the Bible, I, I wish I knew what verse it was like in the Bible. It says like, yeah, if someone comes up and wants food or shelter, don't say, I wish go. I wish you well, like <laughs> actually do something for them. Right. right. And so uh, so it's interesting to see him get that upset because there are churches that for for whom missions does mean that it's right. it's a, purely an opportunity to talk and not actually act uh, in somebody's service. So you're so. about so you're like junior high age, mm-hmm. and you go on this first trip out of the country. You go to Mexico. Um, did this scare you in terms of traveling? And like, oh boy, if it's that bad there, is the rest of the world like this? Or did that um, feed a fire and going? I want to see tons of stuff. I want to go to Europe. I want to do all that. It didn't necessarily f- uh, feed a fire, but it didn't instill fear either. It it made me recognize that there are that there, I, and I think it happened young enough that it like prejudices hadn't started yet, or like mm-hmm. preconceived notions about other countries. Um, if it had, it, you know, if if I had first gone in like tenth grade, maybe I would have a preconceived notion about what Mexico was or right. what other countries are. But I I, I think I'm I'm fortunate enough to have gone at a young enough age when everything was fresh and new and maybe to be honest maybe I didn't know enough to be scared because it was a, a fairly dangerous neighborhood mm-hmm. uh that we were going to but um but yeah it did sort of it excited me about I was I'll say this I was open to going to other places um I wound up not <laughs> but uh but did the opportunity arise I mean did were you offered did you were you invited uh, not really. The, uh, like the that tr- after post-college thing when people go, hey, we're all going to backpack around Europe. Yeah. I, 
I didn't have a great deal of money at that point, <laughs> and um, and that's that that to me is one of what, the, the oil things. business dry up. What happened here? My dad died. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> Boy, oh boy. It's fine. Make a joke, and there it happens. At this point... I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's perfect. Well, it's not fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite sad about it, but... Mine's dead, too. Does that help? All right. We'll be best of friends. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, I actually, at this point, it's been so long that I... Uh, uh, that I sort of... I sort I, I Playing it as the guy who, like, wants sympathy from other people, like... That's not funny. My dad died. Yeah. That, to me, is a joke now. I enjoy yeah. doing after, that. After 12, 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And so it's uh, so when someone makes a joke, it's like, <laughs> my dad died, sir. You just wanted to see me squirm there, didn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I also didn't really want to be dependent on my parents or oh, my yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of wanted to do my own thing. But, uh, but yeah. So But now my wife and I are making a bit more money. She's has her own business. She's a wedding photographer. And it's sort of been... Uh, Growing in the last couple of years, and, and you got the al- podcast bucks coming in, <laughs> so that's you're on that gravy train. <laughs> uh, look, wow. N- okay, I am not Ricky Gervais, Kevin Smith, or Jimmy Park. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure those are the only three, the three guys who make money off this thing. <laughs> Corolla has got to make something, oh, right? Uh, I have no doubt. Yes, yeah. and ma- probably Mark Marin at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but for the rest, there's not a for lot. The of rest money. of us, zero. There's not a lot of money in. Uh, in like film nerd podcasting <laughs> where you don't even you can't even be bothered to review new movies you want to talk about uh, the career of Mel Gibson and right oddly right. enough people don't care that much about that you've been to Mexico when mm-hmm. did the Bolivia thing happen uh, that happened as a result of my wife's business uh, she gets she gets booked for location weddings relatively frequently uh, the first year That's she went awesome. to yeah it's very exciting the first year she uh, was booked in Jamaica, and she went on her own. We uh, didn't think that, like, because uh, I still wasn't making a great deal of money, and so she went uh, by herself, which admittedly I wish I could have gone with her, not merely because I wanted to go, but also just like, I don't like the idea of my wife traveling alone, uh, even though she's much stronger than I am. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and so... Um, you so, can't say you're like a lighting guy? You're her assistant? Um, I need to carry the batteries. Well, uh, when, we <laughs> went to, when we went to Bogota, Colombia, uh, I did wind up being sort of the second shooter mm-hmm. for the wedding there because as it happens, I think mostly as a result of my going to film school and being a film guy, um, I actually do have a pretty good eye. Now, of course, she has to tell me like, okay, here's the camera setting you want. Uh, but I'm able to do that. And so we went to... Uh, Columbia, and I—I I was actually a little nervous about that because I was just like, I would be so out of my element. I'd be surrounded by people who don't speak the language I speak, or let me put it this way: I don't speak their language. Is probably how I should have put Mom, it. Mom, but I don't dismiss <laughs> that two years of a high school Spanish that you did. <laughs> so, and here's the damnedest thing: it came out like it it's amazing been... how I took two years in uh, in college and two years of French. Mm-hmm. In yeah, for whatever in high school, yeah, and it does come out it, when you, when you're forced to use it. There's some corner of your brain that didn't dismiss it. It really, it was fascinating, and and come to find out, I didn't really know this. My wife is almost completely fluent. I didn't know that, <laughs> um, and so uh, like you know, she'll talk to our cleaning lady from time to time, mm-hmm. and I, but I didn't know that could translate into being able to navigate a whole country, <laughs> and so. But it was interesting, and just in talking to people and reading signs, suddenly, like, words I hadn't thought about in years came up, and I was able to structure basic sentences, and I thought, this is actually quite exciting, and that's sort of when I decided that I wanted to kind of get back into it, because it's like, well, I guess guess some of it's still there. (laughs) I thought I was going to have to start from from square one, but... um, But yeah, so I was was sort of reluctant to go, because just being completely out of my element, but uh, we did go, and it wound up being... Really wonderful uh, that we did. Of course, because we were there for a wedding, a lot of it sort of was revolved around that. But my wife and I stayed like another three days after the wedding was over and went to the Salt Cathedral. Um, are you? Have you been to uh, Bogota? I have not been to Bogota. Okay. It's, pretty, it's pretty beautiful. And so the Salt Cathedral is basically, it was a huge salt mine and... Of course, the predominantly Catholic in that area, and so people uh, years ago would chisel like crosses and 
like seating areas for the miners who would go and have an area where they could pray and that sort of thing. So you could go in and you saw all these – it was very intricate and all, various caverns with like here's a cross, here's a place to pray, here's, uh, here's this over here. And it was really interesting. But in the midst of it, there's, it's still a working mine. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was really interesting to me and uh, I'd never really seen anything like it. And that was wonderful. And uh, I know that you – I think you talked about this on other, on other things. Just culturally it was interesting because when I would go out for a meal, my wife and I would eat. We would finish eating and then just and you be there for a while. die waiting for the check. <laughs> and and no, it let's did, just sit there all night. It, it certainly seemed to be the case. All night, and, man. You got to ask for the check. You got to ask. And it took – and at first, like, it kind of bothered us. But then we re- then we looked at the other tables who came about the same time we did, and they're just laughing and enjoying themselves. And we thought, like, maybe that's just what it is here, and maybe we should maybe – perhaps we should take our cues at least on this trip from this culture yes. and just enjoy each other's company. Maybe another glass of wine is in order. Why Maybe not? we sit and have some more bread and Yeah, and it was a little uh, coffee at the end of the night. And uh from a dietary standpoint, and I guess we'll get into this maybe <laughs> a bit later, I am probably the pickiest eater you'll ever you'll ever Ooh. meet. Um that's a that's I don't say that with any kind of pride, and yet there was a little twinge of pride there. Um and so uh but the and I was worried about the food there, but of course it's all meat. Yeah, yeah. Down there and, uh, and rice and, so, and beans, a lot of yeah. rice and beans. So protein's a big thing down there, yeah. I think. Yeah, and uh, and so, so yeah, you eat meat. You eat meat. Yes, I do. All yeah, red meat. Any? Uh, did you have any uh, exotic meat uh, down there? Uh, not down there. I have had more. Well, I don't know what you count as exotic meat. Well, I had guinea pig in Peru. That oh was no, the, I've uh, not had national that. delicacy. Yeah, that was that was different. But have you ever had any game meats or anything like that? Or uh, I've had like venisons. Uh, and, I've had venison and sure. antelope and uh, squab. Is squab. a thing, right? Is that pigeon? Something like that. Yeah. So I've had that, and I and I'm I'm open to to most kinds oh, of, that's good. of meats. So so, but you know, uh, gastrointestinal uh, problems. Intestinal? Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, in, uh, in testicle problems that you? Uh... I want to know what someone's eating that is causing a stirring in the <laughs> testicles. That's that's what's interesting to me. Oh god! Um, <laughs> but you've never even in Mexico or anything like that. No, um, nothing, huh? So here's the kind of here's what I don't like. I don't like Mexican food, Indian food, Italian food, Chinese food, really anything with any sort of flavor. I like. This sounds like living hell to me. This I'm is, sure this it is does. my worst nightmare. I tend to like very bland, very American food, and it's not for lack of trying, and it's not for lack of desperately wishing I liked other things. Um, Chinese food smells good, looks good. Man, I wish I could have it. And then I eat, and then like I have a bite, and it's either texture or taste. It over, it like overwhelms me. I'm like, ugh. So nothing Asian. No, really, yeah. I don't think so. Thai, nothing. No. Boy, and boy. so it's just, uh, and it and it has nothing to do with like gastro and uh, gastro and testicle. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> I think I think you I think, like Ireland. I think you got to go to Ireland and uh, that does in the UK. Be, yeah. That's pretty much it. By the way, I think you've got your first uh, T-shirt, just testicle. gastro and testicle. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, oh, okay. so yeah, it's it is that to me is actually another big, another big issue when it comes to international travel is what the hell am I going to eat. Right. I mean, I know that there are some like American restaurants that make their way across the world, but like I don't like McDonald's. Okay, thank God. Well, I mean, the fact that you do eat meat, I will mm-hmm. tell you that the you know eating meat helps a lot. In okay. The fact that I mean, there's some countries that you go to, and I mean, like Brazil right. or Argentina, where it's just meat, 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 meat. And if yeah. you were a vegetarian in those places, I felt sorry for them. I mean, there was nowhere. Nowhere to go. You you were stuck. Yeah. Because the salads are bad. I mean, it's just huh. like a pile of lettuce, and that's it in a bowl, <laughs> and that's it, and maybe one you know, little cherry tomato in it, and that's it. Iceberg lettuce. It's really bad. So uh, you're halfway there with the meat. Okay. Well, that's good. To, um, know. to tell them you want no seasoning on the meat. That's a little different. Uh, I I'm getting to the point where I can be comfortable with some okay. seasoning. 
um, as long as it's not like crazy overwhelming. Like an English meat pie or something like that. You know, an Irish pot pie. Can you do that? Uh, maybe. I don't tend to like a blend of flavors, but yes, oh, I could probably. God, this is hell. I could probably sort through it. Did your um, wife? Uh, is she a good eater? I mean, yeah, she'll eat almost not everything, but she'll she'll she's open to pretty much whatever. Wow. Um, seafood. I can't eat seafood. That's oh uh, disgusting. <laughs> good lord. I put it in my mouth. I'm like, this wasn't. This was never supposed to be eaten by people, right? Okay, let's let's. Okay, I'm fascinated by this whole thing. A lot so, of like, you're are. a daily, a daily me- day for you. Well, I mean, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What okay. are we? What are we talking? Well, today I woke up and I had uh, some toast. Uh, Do you even put butter on it? Do you go? I that put far? peanut butter on it. Peanut butter. Yeah, All delicious. Right. Okay, have some toast. All right, some Elvis. Butter. Go on. <laughs> I'm not incorporating bananas or, like, tuna or whatever the hell it is he, he did. Uh, and so uh, so this evening, chances are I will, like, I, m- I might make myself dinner. I might get something out. But, uh, like, last night I made uh, – I marinated some chicken and cooked in? that in uh, this uh, – In boiling water. In, in – <laughs> 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 um, that really just sucks the flavor oh, right yeah, out. That's right. Well, uh, apparently you're not a fan of the flavor, so <laughs> it's all part of my pl- uh, part of my plan to eat like a prisoner. Uh, what about like fried things? You know. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, no, I, cu- I cooked it in a new marinade for me, Caribbean jerk. Oh, yes, hey. with a with a hint of papaya. And did you like that? I did for the most part. And you realize you go to Jamaica. That's the kind of stuff you eat. Is it okay? That's where it's from. Well, it makes sense. It's flavor. It's it seasoning. Stands to, it stands you're on your to way, reason. man. I'm telling you. It's, we're working. We're baby steps. Baby it is, steps. It is fascinating because uh, you know earlier we were talking about like Christianity and wanting to convert people. I have never experienced the type of f- religious fervor, whether in myself or other people, that people have towards me about eating. Yeah, like people are just like, "Well, what about this? Have you tried this? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I have. Did you like it? No. Well, you haven't had the right one." Really, it's like food is a very personal thing, and it and, is and, surprisingly, and, but it's also a very huge. Part of travel. I oh, mean, I'm sure. A lot of the countries I go to the, are my favorites. Are my favorites for that reason mm-hmm. because you know eating is such because it says so much about the culture itself. You mm-hmm. know why? Do, why do they use these spices? Yeah. Well, because a thousand years ago, traders brought them over from you know they were coming from India and they combined it with their local stuff and this and it's just been you know and then the Romans took it over and they brought this and noodles and you know it's just like. And it's, it's stuff like that that makes me so badly wish yeah. oh, I could I'm sorry. eat this stuff. It is unfortunate. Uh, my, uh, in March of next year, my uh, wife and I will be going to New Zealand. She's shooting a wedding there. Oh, you never, oh you've never been? It's beautiful. I, everything Gorgeous. about it, it looks You'll like it. it and you can eat there. That's, I feel like if I ease myself into these things, maybe, maybe. There's no language in, problem. It's right. a lot of uh, meat. Lord of the Rings, there's a, a lot of there's, burgers. There's a film That's connection right. there. Yeah, I'm very excited about that because um, there are a few. There's like, a ring apparently that gives you some kind of power. Just the one ring. Just the. One ring. But uh, <laughs> they don't have any others down there. <laughs> are you going to be taking some more photos on this? Oh uh, no, actually, not on this one. Um, as it turns out, uh, while I do enjoy taking photos, like the expectation of I don't know, like. My wife being my boss, and I don't say that as a function of my wife. Yeah. I'm not sure if any spouse should ever be the boss of the other <laughs> spouse in any circumstance. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so we've tried to sort of move away from that. Is it that, or are you more afraid that two guys will start a website criti- criticizing your for your photos and your? Well, there. Is I don't the- like the way he uh, lined up his camera angle on that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, me either. It is interesting when I take photos. Like uh, my wife will review them, and she'll be like, "Do you take any vertical photos?" I was like. I went to film school. Everything's horizontal. It's all widescreen, baby. It's all widescreen. <laughs> that's, that's how you can use the, the most negative space, and it'll look really wonderful. <laughs> well, when is the trip to New Zealand? Uh, I don't remember if it's late, uh, early or late March of 2012. Okay, so it's their autumn. Is yeah. it? Oh, yeah, I bet that's it's beautiful. It's, op- it's gorgeous. Yeah. No, I'm very, I'm very excited for that. And, there's, and it's looking like uh, at some point in the next few years, again – we're doing better than we used to, but we don't have a whole lot of money to go to these places. So we're thinking like maybe one big trip a year, whether in the country or out of the country. Um, and so uh, we do have some friends who now live in Spain. Oh. And so we would like to go to Spain. It's great. Yeah. A lot of great sausage there. All right. I'm not okay, much not of a big, sausage oh, guy. Da- how about, oh, ham. Do you eat ham? Yes, I do. 
You're gonna eat. A, you're gonna eat some of the best ham of your life, my friend. It's very exciting. I'm glad yes, to hear it. A lot of ham and uh, cheese. You like cheese? I'm not opposed to cheese as a concept. Wine? Uh, I can oh. drink wine. I'm not much of a not much of a drinker. Mm. So you didn't? Oh, see, not Catholic. That's what happened. That must be. <laughs> that must be. Mm-hmm. It. Yes, I grew up. Uh, I grew up Protestant. So uh, <laughs> so for me, man, it's Coca Cola. Yeah. Hey, my grandfather. Uh, my one grandfather was uh, Protestant. And he. Uh, was an alcoholic, so oh. there you go. Yeah, it turns out that uh, that alcoholism, like is, <laughs> alcoholism can be a pretty universal yeah. thing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, so I don't know how much uh, more time we have, but I got this big list of notes. Yeah, the, the you, stuff you have I want to talk about. What, what kind of things are you around? I haven't looked at that. In, okay, so let's see here. Concerns, language, food. All right. <laughs> uh, I, one of my one of my other concerns. Bef- uh, about traveling, especially international travel, I do get a little claustrophobic. And the okay. idea of spending hours upon hours on a plane, especially because, as, you, as I mentioned uh, off-air, off um, I've never been on first class. Mm. And so, to me, when I think of airplane travel, I think of coach. And from what people say, like, international travel, it's almost never like coach. It's... Uh, uh, depends on the plane. Okay. And uh, if it's a one, two, or three class plane, but usually okay. you, if, if the big long flights would be a bigger plane. Okay. And sometimes you have a little more room. But again, okay. if you're in the middle seat, you're in the middle seat, right. no matter where, where it is. And the airlines are different. Every airline's different. But okay. um, it's not like taking the commuter to, uh, okay. you know, from Newark to, you know, Chicago. But um, okay. it's, uh, have you ever had incidences on plane? Incidences? Incidents. It Inc- really is the... Uh, Incidents. A testicular? What? what? <laughs> Gastro and <laughs> testicle? Incidicular. Oh, God. Um, it's... like Norm Crosby. <laughs> Look it up, kids. Norm Crosby. Uh, but uh, no, I haven't really. Uh, really, the one time. You never freaked I... out on a. On... No, I do get. I get like antsy. The longest flight I've ever taken is probably about six hours, okay, which is so not. Cross country. Yeah. It's not that long, really, when you compare to like any kind of international travel. And so it's... Uh, well, if you can break it up sometimes, uh, like from here to, say, uh, London. From mm-hmm. L.A. to London, it's about 11 and a half, 12 hours. So mm-hmm. usually you make a stop. There's a couple directs, but you can yeah. stop in New York and break it right in half and yeah. then get up and move around, and it won't freak you out as much. When I went to, uh, when I went to Columbia, we went from here to Florida and then there to yeah, Columbia, yeah, yeah. and that was, that was great. I'm okay with that. I'm not opposed to the layover. I'm, okay. a big fan of, <laughs> I'm a big fan of layovers because, here we go, transition, I love airports. Oh, really? I love certain aspects of travel, possibly even more than the destination. What is it? Do you, is it observing the people and wondering where they're going? And- sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's because... Airport culture is its own thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a little embassy in every state. Because if you've been to one, people say if you've been to one airport, you've been to all of them. But you haven't really. Each one has its own little thing. Uh, you know, like uh, like the Denver airport and their uh, the tram has like these little musical tunes. And, yeah. And they have uh, each terminal has like a theme behind <laughs> it, and that is interesting to me. And also, as I, I think I mentioned, uh, for about a year, my wife and I were members of the Admirals Club. Mm. Uh, it, it was probably a bad decision financially, but for, we were just so excited <laughs> to do it. And uh, have you ever been a, members of the, a member of the Admirals Club? Who are you talking to? Of course I, I have. I kind of figured uh, you had been. Um, I'm a million miler on American. Really? I, uh, I passed a million. It was funny because uh, at one time I was doing like three different shows and they were flying me American all the time. Yeah. And this was over, you know, a million miles built up over since 94. Yeah. And so this is, we're talking over 14 years of building up these miles, but it's also miles on my credit card. I had two credit cards that went to American Miles. So anyway, I passed a million. Wow. And uh, you're you're living a a real George Clooney up in your existence. (laughs) I know. But I got, uh, they gave me a car. So I'm basically gold status for life, which means. the best part about it, I mean, there's not as many perks for mm. that. I mean, you, you do get bumped up uh, if you want to go standby a little to the top of the list right. a little more. But there's always a couple, you know, executive platinums that are just yeah. going to, you know, these guys who fly every day. But uh, it's the short security line. Oh, nice. That's everything. You know, that, that'll shave 20 minutes to a half hour off, like, yeah. when you can leave your house and go to the airport. That, to me, that's the, the biggest thing. And, oh, yeah. And pre-boarding now because... You know, you can board early, 
even when I'm in coach or whatever. I, mm-hmm. But I still board early, and I get room in the overhead. And now, yes. if people don't want to check bags, yeah. they're jamming everything in there. And if you're late, if you're one of the last people on the plane, yeah. you're screwed. Huh. But um, the well, Admiral's you, Club. Million, uh, yeah. Gold but stats. Yeah, I was in it for a while. But now, but, but getting back to that, as soon as I made it, like all the shows ended and they stopped <laughs> traveling, I actually got a call from the airline. Uh, going, hi, hey, Mr. Siegel, we've uh, noticed you haven't been flying much. Uh, have you Are moved you okay? on to a different... <laughs> yeah, they basically... <laughs> and I had to go, yeah, I was uh, laid off. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, carry on, <laughs> you know. My father died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> just so you know. But, uh, yeah, the Admirals Club, uh, it, it's just that one little thing that makes you... It's and they, not... treat you, they treat you a little better. They sure do. That's it. And it's just like, it's like I'm kind of hungry. You know what? They got cookies and uh, mm-hmm. breakfast things. And free at the coffee over there. Free coffee. That. Free soda. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not bad. Free Wi-Fi if you want to check your email. Uh, and if you don't have your computer with you, they got computers mm-hmm. in there. It, it like it's just so. It's a little not station. A little desk. Yeah. It's not. And like the chairs are a little bigger. Everyone's a little quieter. Mm-hmm. And it's just. Man, it makes all the difference. And the, in the Bogota airport, which they have uh, an admiral's club, the Bogota airport... Because the international one's usually free booze, too. Oh, really? Well, a lot of the them. thing is I'm not a drinker, so I oh. really should, I should have taken advantage of it yeah. either way. It's like, well, I've never been, uh, I've never been drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, how can you not do this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, the Bogota airport, I don't like saying this because it sounds a little xenophobic. It smells a little feces-esque. Mm-hmm. Go down to that uh, admiral's club. And it's like a hotel lobby. It's yes. wonderful. And you're sitting there. And then, but there was really not much to eat there. So I was like, I'm going to go up and see if I can uh, find something to eat. So I go up there. I'm like, ugh. And I hit with the smell. I'm like, ugh, the rabble. Well, and you, so, of course. <laughs> Mr. Picky Eater. <laughs> what is this? And so, uh, so yeah, I, I, man, I love the Admiral's Club. And, of course, that's something that you can say, like, okay, the Admiral's Club in this airport is different. The Admiral's Club in the Florida airport is uh, wonderful. I think, uh, not the Florida airport, Miami? they have several. Miami yeah. is really wonderful. Uh, Dallas has an int- Dallas has like four Dallas of them. has like three or four of yeah. them. Yeah, that's their hub. And it's, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. The one in London, the, still the best one I've been in is uh, Tokyo. Really? They had like, you know, sushi laid out. They had, <laughs> uh, yeah, like a full bar, help mm. yourself. It was fantastic. That's I mean, awesome. some of them have showers. I mean, oh. They have showers. You had a long the layover. L- They'll the, shower. the LAX one has showers. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Just like, and if you show up early enough and like you haven't showered or something, you're like, I don't feel like getting on a plane having not showered. I'm just going <laughs> to stroll on in here. Oh, it's the best. It is nice. And it I don't nice. have it anymore. And every time I fly now, I'm just like, ugh. I know. You've been tainted. Wait till you fly first class that time. You're going to be like, oh, I can't go back. I can't oh, go I'm back. I'm sure. I have no doubt. <laughs> so but, what else is on your list there? What, what's happening? Well, I enjoy... Uh, I enjoy your eight-page list you have. It's two pages. And as okay. you can see on the second page, it's just oh, a list wow. of places I want to go. <laughs> and so... Um, but no, like, I, uh, I, just, I like... Basically, all forms of, of travel. I love a, a road trip, um, often by myself. Interesting. I uh, I don't know. Just the it really. It's sort of a. Is it the freedom? It is aspect? sort of the freedom. Yeah. yeah. I can play the music as loud as I want as I'm driving 80 miles an hour. <laughs> I can stop when I want to go to the bathroom. I can buy crappy gas station food, pepperoni pizza combos. Oh, um, we found one. <laughs> Staple of your diet. Yeah, that's going to be uh, my dinner in wow. a few hours. Pepperoni um, combos. Oof. You can't find them very much anymore. Cause your doctor is not happy about this diet. <laughs> He's happy I'm alive. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so I love I, I love that and the idea of just like pulling off and and eating wherever you uh, wherever you want. Well, where have you gone solo? Because you never uh, you didn't do stand up, did you? No. Oh my. No. Okay. So yeah. So we're all very used to getting in the car yeah. and driving. Yeah. You know, a long ways. But I mean, like when you want to get in and get out, where do you go? Uh, Taft. Well, like, do you go to Taft? I have gone to Taft. <laughs> uh, Palm Springs. I'm a big fan of Palm Springs. Right. It's a it's a nice little drive to a very nice community that I really enjoy. Uh, oddly enough, one of the best days of my life. Involved, and it was circumstantial as well. I it was uh, I had just sort of taken leave of my job at Blockbuster in Chicago. And in a month, we were going to be moving to Los Angeles, and I was going to be transferring. But for that month, I was not going to be working at Blockbuster. And so I drove from Chicago down to Springfield, Missouri, which is uh, Nixon, Missouri, which is where my mom lived. Is that Um, by Springfield? Because I've been to Springfield. Yes, it's right by Springfield. Yeah, just south. And so, uh, and it's a nice eight-hour drive, which is like 
That's a pretty good amount of time to drive by it. yourself. And uh, made it in six, buddy. But go on. Well, I, I, I made it in seven. Yes, I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, so like, not all of us have a death wish <laughs> and are driving 98 miles. No, an hour. but they're like doing comedy in Chicago. We did all those things, so it was like I knew the exact time to get. Like I knew uh, I made it. St. Louis was four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omaha was seven. I could make. I could make uh, Minneapolis in six. Mm-hmm. Uh, three to Indianapolis. We had it all worked out. <laughs> had it all worked out. But go ahead. Uh, I had one of the hottest days of my life in uh, Springfield too. Oh yes, I'd say that's about right. Oh my right. gosh. Yeah, that the was... humidity is uh, killer. Wow. I do not miss that. Mm, me neither. But uh, but and my brother was visiting from Denver, so I was driving eight hours by myself right after quitting a job I didn't like. Not quitting, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, to see my brother who I hadn't seen in a while and my nephew who I love, and it's just like. That was a great day, and it was primary. <laughs> and also, incidentally, that that was two thousand six. That's when I really, that's when I really developed a love for podcasting because uh, I listened to Never Not Funny pretty much the whole way. It's when I heard your first episode. Wow! And uh, and it was really wonderful. So this and was so, recently. This wasn't that long ago. No, it was uh, yeah, just five years ago. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, podcasting has existed that long. I know, weird, right? Jimmy was really one of the first. To yeah. do it then, now I look back, because uh, yeah. I, mean, I didn't know what the hell a podcast was. I mean, he was like the first guy to ever, because he was a friend of mine, he's like, I'm doing this podcast thing. I'm sorry, what? Like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, you know, <laughs> and you, it's like explaining to your parents, well, it's like radio, but you, oh, know, you, you can't don't... get it in the car unless you've got the, uh, don't worry about it, Mom. Yeah, you don't have to tell me about explaining to your parents. <laughs> I just recorded episode 230 of Battleship Pretension. My mom has listened to none. Yeah. Like, but, no, uh, I don't know if I have the. I can get that. Well, mom, listen. yeah, you can. I can set it up for you. <laughs> she doesn't even no, listen to my Christian show. <laughs> but that's that's neither here nor there. So uh, I just honor I, thy mother, sir. I do. <laughs> I'm merely stating a fact. And so, uh, so yeah, I love driving. I I have only been on like a train once, like an Amtrak train from Chicago to St. Paul. Yeah, they're much bigger in other countries. I mean, train travel is uh, much bigger in other countries, and it should be bigger here, but... I would love it to be. I I look at Murder on the Orient Express, and I'm just like, oh, (laughs) sleeper car, I want it, oh. To me, there's nothing more interesting than the idea of sleeping and yet still making progress. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's nice. And I can't sleep on a plane, so, yeah. You get one of those John Madden tour buses, you know, one of those big... (laughs) You know, like a rock. I always see like the rock band in the bus. You know, that always seemed like kind of a cool yeah. thing. You know, as we were driving home from gigs, like, well, I get to sleep in the back, and then you yeah. we wake up, we're in town. Awesome. Exactly. You haven't, but I do still enjoy the. Uh, but then I would miss some of the driving. Yeah. You know, and uh, like there was a little. Of course, this was only two hours, but uh, I went to Comic Con last year, and of course, the drive from L.A. to San Diego is terrible, right. unless of course you're driving at two thirty in the morning, which I was. And then it's wonderful. Yes. It's nice and open. Uh, you can't really see a lot of yeah. sights, but it's really great. <laughs> when in California, the freeway system, it makes sense at like three, like you said, two, three in the morning. Yeah. And then you're zipping around town. I can get across town in 15 minutes. I was like, okay, I can see what they were thinking. Yeah. I know what they, I can see yeah. how, what they were getting at here. But you realize it was built for a city of three million and yeah. not ten million. That's the problem. It's like what everybody said about communism in high school. In a perfect yeah. world, it would work. <laughs> On paper, yeah. I see where you're going. We're all evil. We're in, all even. In a world of pure theory, oh, it's the best idea I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, and when I am on a road trip, I'm fast. I am almost, almost, to. A, a point of, to the point of being paralyzed, I'm fascinated by everything. I'm curious about, like, like rest areas. Right. Like, who decided this, this rest area needed to be here? Who decided <laughs> that there needed to be some sort of Route 66 display? And, like, and what's more is because someone decided it, I feel like I need to I take advantage. See, I got to see the second largest ball of twine. No Why question about I? it. And it's just like... I have this weird curiosity about things like someone went to the effort to do this. <laughs> so I better, you know, it's all for naught if I don't do it, right. if, if I don't take advantage. Well, were you ever one of those guys who say, we got to get off the interstate? We got to take the small roads? We got to see, see it that way? Uh, I have uh, done that, again, when I'm traveling alone, by all means. All right. But when I'm with when someone your wife's who's, there, let's just get there. Let's just Can get we go, there. please? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, so all of that really fascinates me. I just, and like... Nothing gets me more than like those little towns of like four or five hundred that are just the whole reason they exist is so that someone driving on the freeway can stop and go to the bathroom, get something to eat, maybe maybe stay overnight. Exactly. 
like there's an entire local economy based on people not wanting to stay. <laughs> yeah, of and truckers that, pulling up and leaving. Exactly. Who's like I want to for a year live the life of someone in that small town. Year seems a little long. I know it does. It, it, Yours seems a little long to me. My wife always says, like, you're going to get tired of that after a month. I'm like, whatever. A yeah. month is fine. <laughs> as long as I understand what it is to live there. So as strange as it sounds, as much as I like the idea of international travel, I am fascinated by travel in America yeah. because, I don't know. It's, because, well, it's huge, for one. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's every terrain here. There's mm-hmm. desert. There's mountain. There's snow. There's beach. There's yeah. I mean, any climate, and it's, it's yeah. that big. So, yeah, you want to ski in the winter? There's Colorado. There's California. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, yeah, you want tropical? Hey, go to Florida. You can do whatever. If you like dying in the desert, like dying in by the all desert, means, yes. Go. If you want to go to Baker and see the world's largest <laughs> thermometer, it's there. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. What's your ideal trip? If you, if, if you could go anywhere right now, you and your wife, and say, we're going we're gonna to do this. I would like to go. Well, there's a f- there's a few different places. I I'm a f- having never been there. I'm a big fan of Russian culture, uh, both as a film fan because, of course, the early uh, like R- Russia sort of shaped what modern right. film is. And Battleship so, Pretension is there. You go, right? Battleship Potemkin. I know it. <laughs> I took a class at Columbia College. <laughs> boom, boom, Mike and Sergey Eisenstein. Right, right. Those are the two I, big I things. Those two things. Uh, and so, although not at the same time, of course, because Eisenstein <laughs> yeah. was a silent filmmaker. But uh, and so, I would like to go to I'd like to go to Russia because there's such and I took like like a Russian Soviet history class. Like Dostoevsky is like one of my favorite authors. It's just it's such an interesting place, especially because, as far as I can tell, having taken a couple of classes about that culture, it's fascinating that. It seems that no economic system will ever work there. It's too big. <laughs> yeah. It's too big. It has too many people, and it's just too di- diverse as far as the, what each city specifically needs. And that that in itself fascinates me, but there's still like such – like there's so many different types of history there. There's you know, there's Russian czars, but then there's also like com- you know, yeah. communism, and, and there's just – there's a lot of different. It's, it's such a such a rich history, and so I'd like to go there. I'd like to go to you know Moscow or you know Saint Petersburg, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I, I would enjoy. I think I feel like I would enjoy that. And it's a big train country. It's a big train country, and, and the food doesn't have a lot of flavor. So t- yeah, exactly, <laughs> this um, is all taking shape. I like this. I don't drink vodka. Ooh, and from what I understand, based on uh, stereotypes, they drink a lot of it. That's what I hear. A whole lot. Uh, there is actually a surprisingly good documentary called Exporting Raymond. Have you? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, with uh, Rosen, Phil, Ro- Richard Rosen. Phil Rosenthal. Phil Rosenthal. And uh, it's very good, and, it, and you kind of get a good sense of, the, of that culture there. And uh, although the other, there's another film called Trans-Siberian that's a little terrifying, doesn't make me want to take the train across Russia, but I'll do it. <laughs> um, and so that to me would actually – that or something, or something basic like London mm-hmm. um, because – I need some sort of touchstone, and usually film is it. And so, like, I'd like to go to either Germany, Russia, or London. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested in Japan a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, those are, like, the destinations that really interest me. But some of them, Russia, as much as I want to go, like, I look at their language, I'm like, I have no basis for comparison with my language. <laughs> right. Like, they don't even have the letters I have. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what to do. And so that would that is a little intimidating. The Far East is a little problem with that. I mean, uh, yeah. like when you're in Japan, the good thing about Japan is everything's uh, also in English too. Mm-hmm. At least in Tokyo, most. I mean, you get out in the sticks, you're gonna have a little harder time. But even yeah. in uh, in Tokyo, speaking of the trains, all the trains there, they do the announcements in Japanese and English. Oh, nice! It's great. I mean, it was a lot easier to get around than I had thought. But uh, your food issues might <sighs> yeah, come up in, in Japan. Although in the UK, I think you'll be fine. Probably, Germany, yeah. you'll probably be fine. Yeah, although I think again, so. you, come on, that sausage thing—you got to have to bend the rules. I can, the I can, I can eat sausage. It's not, it's not my preference, but I can eat it. <laughs> um, and actually, as a result, here your uh, your your show is doing good things. Uh, <laughs> uh, Israel, I really want to go to Israel now. Like, and well, that's a big Christian, you know, trip, yeah. trip that everybody's taken. And you know, and of course, you only hear about the terrible things and the violence and all that, and it's it seems intimidating and very frightening. Mm-hmm. But having listened to your your episode with uh, Avi Lieberman, like 
sounds really interesting. Sounds really great. And uh, and I'd like I feel like I'd like to go there. In what way would you would you look at a mosque or, or would you enter? Would you go or a oh, mus- sure. or Buddhist temple? I mean, but- oh, absolutely, yeah. Because even though I don't agree with them, it still is at the very least. Uh, you know, a cultural staple, mm-hmm. and if you're going to try to experience that culture, well, that's part of it. And so, I'm I'm absolutely okay with that. And then there, are even frankly, there's even like some Christian cathedrals that I'm not that interested in from a spiritual standpoint, um, but I'm interested in in like like a historical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this: like when I went to um, when I was in Bogota and went to the Salt Cathedral, and you realize that this that these little cathedrals were built as a function of just working guys, practical faith and that they wanted this. And it wasn't the church saying you miners should have a place to pray. It wasn't that it came, (laughs) it came out organically from something they had a deep desire for partially because a, a while ago mining was dangerous and they wanted a place where they didn't have to go far away to like pray for safety and, and that sort of thing. And so the fact that it, I don't know that it came about in a real way from a true desire that somebody had. Uh, that actually, I, going there, I had a bit. There is a bit of reverence there, and I actually felt uh, uh, some spiritual stuff. Um, I so always, yeah, I always say that most people would be better served traveling anywhere. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, I always think it. You know, it does open your mind. Is it, do you see something in the when you look at TV and the Christian community in? America, mm-hmm. which comes in all forms, and, and uh, especially going through the South, you have mm-hmm. uh, the evangelicals are very big and mm-hmm. things like that. How do you think traveling would change if them, if any, or if at all? I mean, do you think it would? Do you- oh, I think it could, absolutely, uh, in the sense that, like, so, I mean, it, it doesn't matter what the, I, I feel like it doesn't matter what the religion is, I think, because human beings are very flawed, I don't think it matters what what you believe you will almost always instinctively maybe even demonize a little bit the people who don't believe that and you don't see them as people and the, and so of course you only see them as people that oppose you in some set in some sense would well, you and find so, that the people that are most fundamental in whatever religion they mm-hmm. are tend to be less traveled or worldly or maybe they've only known this and they think this is only the way to go yeah you know it is a uh, there there's a uh, there's an old-timey uh, Christian hymn that some people love, and I guess I understand why, except that it does seem to sort of capture that mentality. And it's, uh, oddly enough, they played at the beginning of the film Inherit the Wind, appropriately yeah. <laughs> enough, which is, give me that old-time religion, right. it's good enough for me. The impl- and the implication being, like, I don't need anything else. And I'm not necessarily going to, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, well, relativism is the way to go uh, from a philosophical standpoint. I'm not saying that, but... There does seem to be that attitude. It's just like, look, all I care about, and I'm going, I'm starting to go into a southern yeah. accent instinctively. <laughs> um, but like, look, I got God, I got my family, I got my church, I got my community, I got my hardware store. That's all I right. need. It's good enough for me. <laughs> and and I do I do think that you would find that. And I'm sorry if I offended any southern people, but I no. do instinctively right. go into that accent. Well, I'm just wondering if that guy goes to India and sees a a, a billion. Uh, Hindus <laughs> and start to go, oh, maybe there's it's not all just one page and these guys have been around for thousands of years and they have their thing and I have mine and you know, maybe this isn't the one true path. He might he might say that, he might not, but I think the one thing that hopefully and I do I do have confidence that I feel like it's guaranteed that at the very least you will feel more a much deeper connection with humanity than you do already. Um, and that's something that you'll find uh, in, in the Christian community is there's a, something of a Christian bubble where even in their community, they only are, hang out with people like them. Yeah. And that's just, in their, that's just in their town, much less a global community. And, and so, even in the South, I mean, the most segregated places are still the churches. Yeah. It's, it's surprisingly so. Um, and so like, so it is, it is something that I think everybody can, can benefit from travel just so you can feel like you're part of something bigger and that your, your world gets bigger. You realize, I mean, they say, well, you know, it's a small world and it is to a certain extent, but it's also like this really big world that you have access to. (laughs) You have better access to than anybody in history. 
that's exciting, yeah. you know, and and part of the reason that I'm excited that my wife and I are, are making a little bit more money now is that now we can do this. We can't go crazy about it, but we can do this now, and it's very exciting for me, and I feel like, you know, part of me is still a little reluctant for food reasons, but also just because I'd be out of my element, but like, in my experience in life, limited though it is, anytime you're out of your element, you have to adapt and then you take that with you as you continue on in your life. And that's very exciting. So what do you got coming up? Mike, I'm glad you asked. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Battleship Pretension, we do uh, a live comedy show about every three months. Uh, you did it about, it was a, very fun. about a year ago. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And it was, uh, it's delightful. And so we're having one, uh, if you're in the Los Angeles area... It'll be at Meltdown Comics, which I believe is off the top of my head, 7522 Sunset Boulevard. Uh, it's going to be at 8 p.m. on September 3rd. That's a Saturday. Uh, admission is $10. Uh, our lineup, as of right now, of course, it's always subject to change because none of these people get paid. And uh, <laughs> if something else comes up, they kind of have to take it. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you got Paul Goebel, the king of TV. Oh, the king, huh? You got <laughs> Sure. I know him. There's nothing more fun than saying the king of TV about someone that no one's ever yeah. heard of. But anyway, um, Paul's a delight, though. Uh, and so uh, Benny Arthur is there. Uh, Lorraine Newman of Saturday oh, Night Live. Oh, SNL's. Yeah. Lorraine Newman. Wow. And then our headliner will be uh, Bill Dwyer. Bill Dwyer. Yeah. Bill with so, one L. Funny man. Absolutely. Funny, funny man. Never stop smiling. He's, <laughs> I, I'm never in a better mood than when I'm listening or looking yeah. at Bill. Man who's never needed a microphone. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Bill Dwyer. But yeah, so that's uh, September 3rd, 10 bucks, Meltdown Comics, 8 p.m. Uh, we'd, really, uh, we'd really appreciate it if anybody could come out. And the uh, show is called Battleship Retention. They can find it on iTunes. Yeah. And uh, your other one, say that again. More Than One Lesson. More than one lesson. You can find that on iTunes. That is not a weekly show. That is basically monthly at this point, which might explain why I don't have a lot of listeners. Um, <laughs> but if they want to find it, they can go to battleshipretention.com. Yeah, and more than one lesson.com for, for those. And uh, yeah, we just, for BP, we just recorded episode uh, 230. Wow. In which we profiled the di- directorial career of Mel Gibson. So <laughs> enjoy that. How many times can a man get tortured? <laughs> In a movie. Many, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I've got. Awesome. To plug. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. Traveling man.